ruling a fight. So, yeah, we hear you. Um, he was up against a guy that, that was willing to fight, like against uh, Nakatani versus uh, Teofimo. Like, uh, he, that's just that samurai, that, that warrior in him wouldn't relent. Like, he, he just wouldn't go nowhere. So he was there. Yeah. to 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 fight and he made he made till till look regular in that fight which isn't necessarily a bad thing i mean you're gonna you're gonna have yeah. those type of fights the only thing i think that separates tail from other guys or at least certain guys that i believe in is their skill set to dig deeper and pull out different things and, and display them uh yeah. on the night of the fight and in that fight we just saw teal try to just bull rush and, yeah. and, and hit a guy with one or two shots and Nakatani just wasn't going nowhere. So I think against Loma, it'll be a I just think Loma just just will just outwork him. Yeah, I mean, I think Loma's gonna beat him. And I think actually I'm predicting Loma to stop him. Really? I think Loma, yeah, because I think Loma wants to be able to say, well, Nakatani gave Teo all types of fits and problems. And not only did I beat him, I beat him a lot worse. And I think he's trying to force his way in there to get that rematch with Teofimo because uh, Teofimo can't get Josh Taylor because um, Josh Taylor's like, I don't respect you. You're not undisputed. I got bigger fish to fry. And he can't get Devin Haney because Bob Arum just said he's not fighting Haney. He came up with some cockamamie excuse. He don't about, want him to know, fight Haney. We know that. You, you got to wait 90 days. You know, you know, I don't like Eddie Hearn. He, he came up with all these, you know, excuses as he always does but he doesn't want Taylor to fight Devin Haney because he feels it's a fight he could potentially lose so the way he looks at it of course he keeps all the money if it's in-house and it stays in the top tank so I think Teal is going to have a rematch with Lomachenko um, and I think he'll lose the rematch I think that's what's going to be in store after he if he gets past Cambosis um, and that's if because he's having issues making the weight you know the he didn't have COVID, dude. He, you know, you know what they say? So he couldn't sell tickets, and he has he struggled making the weight. So, I, so uh, I already knew it was going to be a ticket issue the moment they said the fight got canceled uh, for that yeah. particular date because you're trying to fight on days where there are already fights going right. on. Uh, not to mention that the Charlo fight wasn't even a pay per view fight, you know. So that says yeah. a, a lot about the, him and his ability mm-hmm. to sell tickets, but. Uh, along with Teo, like having that day, like you, no one's paying for that fight. I heard those tickets were selling for like twenty dollars. Like no one was. Yeah, buying. nobody. Nobody's paying for the fight, and I think Teo kind of he overplayed his hand after the defeat of Lomachenko. He beat Lomachenko, but he didn't beat Lomachenko up. He didn't destroy Lomachenko. He didn't dominate Lomachenko. He hung in there tough, and he won one more round. And I think he, 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 he took that and he overplayed his hand. And I think, um, you know, when you overplay your hand, you run the risk of coming up short. And I think that's his issue. ESPN was trying to, you know, sell it hard. And, you know, he is undisputed. Who cares about Devin Haney? But Devin Haney's his own boss. He's fighting. He's got the respect of other fighters. And... That's a lot of competition. I mean, you got, well, you know, Ryan Garcia, who knows what he's doing, but you got Tank, you know, you got Devin Haney. So, you know, he just can't suck up all the air in the room and he's kind of getting exposed. So, yeah, he we'll put it, He threw himself yeah. out there way before he was actually the big fish uh, in the pond. Uh, he, yeah. he got the belts and he, he, mm-hmm. he ran to, he ran, he uh, ran before he could walk and it's coming back to bite him in his ass. 
and, and, and even when your promoters saying things about you, you know, in, in your business acumen or lack thereof, then that just goes to say a lot. And, and you know, when Bob is frustrated with someone, he just comes out and says what he feels, especially. You heard what he said, right? What, what do you, you say now? When he was being interviewed, I think it was a Fight Hype or Fight Hub TV, one of them. Um, they were like, well, you know, who do you, who do you see next for Teofimo? He said, look, he's got to get past Cambosis. He's doing this whole thing over there with Triller. You know, I thought he should have went a different route. He was like, um, essentially, he, he named some other guys who were low level. And then he said, well, you know, hey, I, I personally think the fight with him is a rematch with Loma. That's the fight, I think, he said, to make. And they were like, but he said he, he wants to go for undisputed. He wants to fight Devin Haney. And then, you know, he, his immediate reaction was, I don't care what he wants. And then he stopped and he was like, well, you know, that business is hard to get done. It's not going to get done because, you know, Devin has his own promotional company and then Eddie Hearn and I don't like it Hearn and you got to wait 90 days. There's a whole bunch of excuses. It was a uh, bottom line is just like with, uh, you know, Bob with, with Bud, you know, there's just fights that he's not going to let his guys. No, and, and he's holding on to what he can while he can. So, uh, oh, yeah. He's doing the yeah. best. He's trying to do the best job with that. I I don't know, man. It's interesting that you say Nakatani Loma knocking out Nakatani. That would he be interesting. To, that would that would be interesting to see. It's not mm -hmm. that Loma can't do it. Like I believe Loma can do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just feel like he'll just go for an easy win by outmaneuvering this guy, out quicking him, and and just just breaking them down and just using all the skills that he normally has and, and just embarrassing this guy. I agree that I think he's going to start early because again, I think he's going to take away two things. Number one, prove that shoulder is healthy. Number two, he's got a point to prove because people like his loma loss and stuff. Is he, is he, is he, is he really the man? Um, and I think he's going to look to not only embarrass Nakatani, but stop him and prove to himself that hey, I got to be a fast starter. I got to go out here and I got to do things. Now with Nakatani, I don't think it's going to be a one punch, you know, and knock him out. I think it's going to be multiple knockdowns, a couple flash knockdowns, maybe one hard knockdown. And I just think the corner will throw it in because eventually like, okay, he's taking too much punishment and, and the fight will stop. Yeah. I, I think the fight's going to be stopped. And I, I'll predict somewhere around probably like the 11th round. 10th, 11th okay. Round. Okay. And I, I could go along with that. Uh, we need to see a more, we need to see the engine starting right away with Loma in this fight anyway, because I don't think, no one's going to tune in and go, oh, this is what we want to see from him um, unless it's uh, unless he was like fighting in the UK or something like that or somewhere close to home. But he would have to start early and often to, to make sure that he got the result he was looking for, even to just have a really good fight. But um, I, I plan on watching it because it is on ESPN so or ESPN Plus. So I will be tuning in to watch that fight. The next fight or the other fight. Hey, did you pay attention last week speaking to speak on this? How while Jamal Charlo was fighting, they made sure they waited and they pushed out all this filler and other stuff on ESPN to kind of wait it out. And then they let uh in a way fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course I'll, I'll watch that. They didn't want they didn't want those main events to be competing with one another. Mm -mm. <clears throat> so mm -mm. yeah, you 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 clearly saw that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I was looking at that. I was like, oh, that's smart, you know? So I would turn back and just watch it. I was like, okay, yeah. I see what they're doing. And, and it is smart. It's smart Hell yeah. from a network perspective. And it is, it's also smart from, from a, a consumer and a viewer perspective. I appreciate it being able to watch both main events in their entirety. Correct. 
Correct. Because I was sitting, I was like, okay. So after like 10 minutes, I was like, well, maybe he'll come out in 10. And then 10 minutes went by and he wasn't, uh, no one had came to the ring. So then I was like, well, all right, cool. Well, maybe they'll get it together in, in another another 10 minutes. And when I came back, I was like, oh, I know what's going on. They're trying to they're trying to wait it out and let Jamal Charlo yeah. get his fight over with. So, so yeah. that way he can gain all his uh, pay-per-view and do all his numbers and everything. Not pay-per-view, but do his numbers. So right. I, I salute that, man. And like you said, it keeps me from having to turn back and forth and miss any action, which is a which is a good thing. Yeah, um, it is. So the next fight would be Javante Davis versus uh, Barrios. Uh, El Azteca. Who you got? I've got uh, I've got Tank. Stoppage. I've got Tank by knockout. I've got Tank by knockout in the ninth round. So you you're basically saying that this guy is going to have he's going to engage with Tank like he's just gonna try to make it a fight. You know, look, he's got a good trainer um, in, in Verge. Um, I. I just think Tank is the type of guy that makes you fight at some point because he can box. He'll box with you, and his boxing skill is good enough to kind of lure you into, you know, a war. And I think Barrios, I've seen his other fights, and it's, he's not the hardest to lure into a war. So um, I, I think he will get a little confident, just like Santa Cruz did try to get off into the exchanges. And I think he's going to get caught in between punches and those exchanges. And I think his lights are going to go out. That's a big dude, man, at 5'10", 5'11". He's, he's big, he's but Tank has big, Tank has big power. Um, Tank will go to the body. The body is right there. So he's taller, but that's a lot of body to hit. Um, and I, I don't think uh, Barrios doesn't have a jab, like, say, like a Devin Haney. So I think Tank is just going to slip underneath those kind of Tyson-esque, slip underneath those jabs. You know, he might get popped with a couple straight right hands. He got hit by, you know, by Santa Cruz with some right hands. But, you know, Tank is always calculating to deliver that, that death blow. And I don't see anything different. I don't see anything that Barrios has that he's going to be able to keep Tank off of him. And, and while Barrios is tall, um, Tank is short. And stocky's built like a you know he's built like a tank. Yeah. And I just think he's gonna walk Barrios down. And I just think he's gonna do that calculation, like we talked about. And I think he's gonna just he's gonna explode on him. Something happened recently. I think Mario Barrios or someone in his camp said something recently about them. It was, knocking it, out it was his coach. It was his coach. Um, they said they're gonna hit him till you see the white meat or something like that. Uh, something crazy and, and then tanks camp yeah tanks camp, uh, his coach they went off and so tank was like okay well you know i'm always gonna keep my cool you know it was respect but now you made it personal so you know not that i'm gonna go wild on you but i'm gonna look to put a little bit of extra pain yeah yeah he know? gonna he will inf inflict maximum damage now yeah. uh it will yeah. be more of like that come forward bobbing in that Tyson style slipping punches and then getting in and, and cracking them. Uh, so yeah, good luck. It should be a good fight, man. I I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, yeah. Key to the punch, right hook to the body by Tank, overhand left, and then I think Barrios and all that body work. You're gonna think it's gonna make Barrios lean over being a taller fighter, and then you think that uppercut's coming. I think Barrios is 
definitely game and looking out for that uppercut because of what happened to Santa Cruz. But I think Tank actually just – I think Tank just gets all the way on the inside. And he'll shoot some uppercuts, but I think it's going to be the overhand left in that in-between mid-range distance. He's going to catch Barrio with – Barrio's with as he brings his hands down, protecting the body. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, – I was thinking more so like just – a beaten into the body. I think that was just more of my thinking just because it'll, it'll just be there and, mm-hmm. and tank will tank will just eventually wear them out. I, 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 my other thing about this was, is if he was trained correctly, Mario Barrios was trained correctly. He could keep tank outside at distance, but I don't because El Azteca is such a, like, he's a worry. Like he's, he's going to want his lick back he can be drawn into a fight and scrap, but I would like to see him make tank, make tank work for it. Just make him work for it. Like don't let him get to the inside, push him off, grab him, hold him, push him back and just, just box him. Just yeah, box I'm pretty him. Sure and and what from what I understand, not style. just, not just verge, but I, from what I understand, Andre is in there trying to, trying to show him how to do it, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and do that Virgil Hunter style correctly. But, it would be nice to see, and you know, I would like to see somebody make tank box or make him adjust. But the only thing about that is, this is the perfect fight for tank to me, for him to just let loose and just hurt someone. Like well, other fights, he gives guys a chance to catch up with him or get their rocks off. But this looks exclusively like a man on a mission to like punish and hurt the guy. And, and break them down, especially now after hearing something like, you know, I'm gonna bust your head to the white meat or whatever. So yeah, well, and that's what that's what a matchmaking is in. You know, they knew exactly what they were doing when they made when they did this matchmaking. They knew Barrios's makeup. Um, I think Barrios will try. I just still don't think he has the tools. Like the the physical attributes are there, but um, I don't think he has the requisite tools to consistently keep Tank off of him. The other problem with Tank is, is that when you do try to say, okay, I'm going to clinch as he gets in close, he's so short. There's such a height disparity that as, as you clinch, the body's still right there when you clinch. Because you're clinching, you're holding up here. Yeah. Tank can easily drop his level and still shoot some body shots, even on the clinch until he gets all the way tied up. With that height disparity, it's going to be really hard to tie up. That's a five, six inch height difference. It's hard to tie up a guy's arms like that. Well, I don't I think, think I think more so he won't he won't try to do it that way. He'll probably just try to hold his head down and keep him from swinging. I think he'll yeah, do he'll, more of that. He'll do that, and then you know what'll happen? It'll be that dip overhand, bam, that overhand left. He'll yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he'll it. be too, I don't think he'll be too worried about that. A guy like Tank, when you, he's that short, you would just have to grab him and push him down. And Tank, Tank always, if you ever watch him, he kind of just stops when you when you bend him over like that. Um, when you bend He'll his do it. But yeah. I'm pretty sure in his camp, they know that Barros is going to try to, you know, command the real estate and try to, like, you know, get physical with him a little bit, push him off. And, uh, and look at some of uh, Tank's training. It looks like they have him in there with the, the moves to disengage and shoot some short shots. If he so, at any we'll points try tries to like bully Tank, that's when I I know Tank is for sure. Now he he is not gonna take that shit. He is not about to let nobody bully him. I know that for yeah. a fact. That's that that would be the perfect storm for him. Like you try to bully him in the ring, that would be perfect for him to let loose. That would be perfect for him. 
Who are uh, there supposed to be another card on the zone? I'm not familiar with it because I didn't pay attention to what they had. I just got the emails a little bit earlier before we started, but I didn't pay attention to the card. Did you at all? No, I haven't. You know, with the zone, it's like the only guy watching the zone now, like Devin Haney, you know, or um, maybe, you know, Andre, even though, you know, his last performance was kind of lackluster, but I'll still support him. Um, I really don't really watch any of the other fighters on the zone. I mean, who else on there is any good that, you know, that's where I mean, it's a card, but I mean, because I have this other cards going on. It's a, it's a bunch of, those. yeah, it's, it's a bunch of stuff. I mean, I'm a, I'm a boxing geek, so I'll probably tune yeah, in just to yeah, watch it at yeah. some point in time. I'll watch but, it. I mean, but well, I just, I just don't know who's on a car. I just don't know who's on that car. And I know it's probably early in the day because the fight is probably over in the UK. So that, that'll be on like around one o'clock early afternoon our time. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't know. I've been disappointed with the zone and their, uh, their content lately in terms of some of the fights the matchmaking and you know just just there just hasn't been enough crossover with competition with i mean bob is a problem all in itself but you know you still get a fury wilder you know that's top ranking you know pbc so um yeah you know we'll see let me ask you a question what do you think of uh charlo versus andre andrade i think it's a good fight I think it's one of those fights where one or two things are going to happen. If Andre wins, he wins by decisions and he outpoints and outboxes Charlo. If Charlo wins, it's because he either knocks down or hurts Andre, you know, a couple times in the fight, you know, or he stops him. I don't think Charlo is, can out is going to can outpoint Andre as long as we get the Andre that's engaged. You know, again, Andre can be weird. He can be really good the first few rounds, and he seems to just kind of take the foot off the gas. He'll start getting some successful landing some shots. He picks his shots very nicely. Uh, he mixes it up very well, and then he just doesn't know. He just doesn't put the foot on the pedal. And if you don't put the foot on a pedal with a guy like Maul, eventually he's going to catch up to you and inflict some damage. And, um, you know, that could, that could be an issue, an issue for Andre. So that, that, that's a 50-50 pick em fight, in my opinion. Um, you know, conventional wisdom says Andre outboxes and outpoints him and wins by decision, but we've seen Andre not be the most focused. And that would give Maul a chance to land something big or hurt him. Uh, and so that's why I call it a 50-50 fight. More so due to... Andre not being focused throughout the entire fight um, and being on his A-game the entire fight. And he would need to be on his A-game in order to beat but, but But in fights that count, that, that's the only time you see him really focused. Like when he fought Willie Nelson, he was more engaged and he got Willie Nelson out of there. That's the same guy that knocked out Tony Harrison mm -hmm. and everything. But it's just these fights that are just like, I'm fighting because I need a fight right now. You know, I need a pay. Mm -hmm. I, I want to make a payday or whatever. And I need a fight. These are the guys, Luke, Luke Keeler or whatever, uh, Arthur Akavov, yeah, Liam yeah. Williams. Like these guys are yeah. guys. It's just like he goes Kyle in Wakanda, there, whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah Cotton Doc with those guys. Like, yeah, yeah. He's fighting these guys and he can beat them, but he's not getting nothing out of it. So he tends to 
disengage disengage. I think he's a level fighter. I think him and Maul are, are level fighters to me. They kind of just fight to the level of the, of the competition. Of the competition. Yeah. I agree with that. What I will say is they will both bring out the best in each other when they fight because I think you know there is a, a rivalry there. Mm-hmm. There is some personal animus there. And I think they know whoever the loser is, uh, even though you can't really count that out on some moves he's made, but the loser of that will never get the Canelo fight for sure. So there's a lot on the line on that fight. So I think both guys will come with their A game and looking to impress and fight up to a high level. Number one, to prove who's the best between the two of them because they've been at it for years. And then number two, it, it puts you in much better positioning for the Canelo sweepstakes. Yeah, and so, that yeah. all that started with the brother. That was Jamil. It was supposed to be between mm-hmm. Jamil and Andre, and now it's yeah, it's up in, into the brothers, the big brothers' hands. I would like to see the fight, man. I don't. I think they should stop circling the wagons and just go ahead and make the fight. It would be a good fight. Yeah. I think we would get both of them at their A game. It would be a high level chess match until, like you said, Charlo decides to lean in and, and pop his ass. And I think. Charlo hits a lot fucking harder than the majority of these guys that he's fought lately. So I don't see him. I don't see him standing in front of uh, Charlo just trying to tee off on him or anything. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, I, I just think uh, it'll bring, like I said, I think it'll bring the best out of both of those guys. I, I, I know why they, I know why they didn't fight. And I get the conventional wisdom. It's like, okay, we see what Canelo is doing. Same thing Crawford's doing, right? Um, it's like, let me let these guys pick each other off and bang each other up. And then whoever's not standing, then I can have the benefit of acting like I beat everybody because I'll get the last guy standing. You know, that's kind of like Crawford's thing with, 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 um, with Earl. Um, but again, you lose a lot of leverage in that situation. Uh, and uh, I just think at some point you have to do your own thing and not worry about Canelo and make your make the best fights for yourself. That's it. And make your, make your own brand. And I think, I hear Maul saying that, but now he's got to do it. So uh, to me, um, that's the only person I want to see him fight. He's not getting the Canelo fight next, even though Canelo just said Jamal's time is coming. I, I heard he, he, he said that, but that's, you know, I said in one ear and out the other. But to me, the only person that's worthwhile for him fighting, and it would be a unification, would be with uh, Andre. And, and that would really... Because Triple G is not going to fight them. You know, Mangia, maybe he's talking and saying, hey, I'll fight. But, you know, who knows? Just fight Andre, man. These two guys, these, these guys just need to get it on, man. That's a big fight. That's a big yeah. fight for both of them. That's, that's, both, that's the biggest fight for both of them that both of them can make right now. Correct. And it would be a money fight. You know what I mean? Like you said, it's the biggest yeah. fight. Like, you could, some real money would be made on that fight. Even if you did it in yeah. Houston, Dallas, or or San Antonio, Austin, what Austin, Vegas, wherever you do it, I think that would be a really good fight. Yeah, that fight would probably end up being in Vegas, most likely, because Andre probably wouldn't want to be in Maul's backyard in Texas. Um, and, uh, you know, you can make it from an arena standpoint, you know, you can have the same type of arenas in um, in, 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 uh, in Vegas that you do in, in Houston. True. I mean, the true. only difference, the only difference making in Texas is really is Jerry's world. You know, that's, that's the difference maker. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't see that fight happening there. Yeah. But it, I, I think it would be a great fight. I would, I would love to tune in and watch that. Hell, I would, I would probably even go out to go, go check that fight. Um, yeah. I would definitely go to that fight. That would be a good yeah. fight. And I'm pretty sure that probably have a decent undercard on that fight too. 
Yeah, hopefully. So, uh, hopefully. yeah, hopefully. Who, who knows? Yeah, you don't. But yeah, because that that would be what the cross promotion if they could make that happen, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because then you have a zone fighter fighting, you know, a PBC fighter. So it's just a matter of, you know, working out the network situations and stuff like that. Um, but let's be honest, the fight would end up being on uh, Showtime because, you know, Jamal is bigger with Showtime than Andrade is with the zone. So, um, you know, maybe they do dual cast, maybe the zone subscribers can watch it on the zone and Showtime people watching on Showtime. And it's, I'm sure they could figure that out. I'm sure they could figure, figure that out. out. It's been done before. I mean, so they'll figure it out. Do you think that's that is a you think that's a pay per view fight? Mm, I don't think it should be, but I yeah. think they can sell it as a pay per view fight because it's a middleweight unification title fight. I think they should just throw it on re- on regular Showtime or the Zone. Um, I, don't I think know, they I, would both. Yeah, I think they would both benefit if they did it. Yeah, non pay per view. I think they would both benefit immensely from putting it on you know just regular Showtime and and the Zone. Yeah, because Maul's last two fights, Devrinchenko and then this fight, was just on Showtime. So that yeah. says that to me, that tells me how Al is thinking about them business wise. Even though he did mm-hmm. sell ten to eleven thousand tickets, I know that mm-hmm. he's looking at it like, well, you know, until he fights someone worthy of a, a ticket like that, and he can bring bring in those type of crowds, you know, we'll just yeah. put them on, on on Showtime. Yeah. For what I understand, yeah. his brother's fight is supposed to be. Uh, a pay-per-view fight, but they changed it to a regular Showtime fight? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I think it's just a regular, I think that unification is a regular Showtime fight, even though, uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, that's a regular Showtime yeah. fight. No, I know Javante is a pay-per-view, but that's a heck of no, an undercard on it, yeah. too. Yeah, that, Javante. That, that's, that's definitely worthwhile. So, um, yeah, I think both of those guys, the, the only fight either one of those guys can get would be a pay-per-view is if it was with Canelo. Yeah, definitely. And you you say Canelo will probably have to come over and do a uh, a deal, right? With a PBC. well, yeah. Can- Can- Canelo's a free agent in the sense he you know he signs these fight deals with different networks. So if he was going to come over and fight Maul, he would do a PBC PBC deal. So that would that fight would be on Showtime pay per view. Okay, uh, hold- Fox or Showtime, but you know Maul is on Showtime, so I see Showtime having an inside track on that with doing Showtime pay per view. Jose Benavides Sr. posted a uh, – did you see what he posted? The picture – Yeah, him and Maul, uh, uh, Jamal and David face-to-face. He said this would be a fight mm-hmm. I would love to see. Did you see that? Yeah, I've seen that. They've been really trying to push that, and I get it. Um, I think – I wish Maul had better PR people um, to deal with that. I mean, in a sense, you know, look. There's weight classes. Benavidez is kind of punching down. I get it because he's trying to get a name, right? He's trying to get a name. And he know that, you know, Maul would make for a great fight, right? Because Maul is not going to just lay down. It'll be, it'll be blood and guts. But Benavidez will show the best of himself. And, hey, if he knocks out Jamal, Charlo, the middleweight champion of the world, you know, with WBC middleweight champion of the world, it looks great on his resume. If I'm Maul, I'm like, look, Benavidez is a good fighter at 168. I'm looking to rule the roost at 160. You know, if, if David wants some of this smoke, he can come down to 160, you know? I say do a catch weight. Meet me at 164. Just meet me at 164. I, I, I don't do a catch weight. I say come get me at 160. And the reason why, I'm going to tell you why I do that. I know why I you do it. it. I know why you do it. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I do it because, number one, he's not going to do it. He's not going to come down to 160 and fight you. 
So now that takes that conversation away. And number two, um, I think you don't do a catch weight because I think, you know, when you, when you, when you fight the gap, you're going to do a catch weight, maybe a few, these guys are too young. Maybe some years from now you do a catch weight fight because you guys are both like, you know, potential Hall of Fame fringe fighters and you're greats and you're just trying to make it happen so people can see it. At this stage, look, both of these guys have work, unfinished business in their own division. So to me, there's no need for a catchweight fight. I hear Benavidez, Benavidez needs to, you know, go see, finish, get Uskatagi out of there. He needs to go see about Caleb Plant. He needs to go see about Canelo. He needs to go see about people at 168. Maul needs to see about Andre. He needs yeah. to get Triple G to either get up out of there, Mungia. So before I see a catchweight fight, how do your business at the weight class you're, you're operating in already? Jay, I hear all that, but you opened your mouth, Charlo, and you said you was going to break my neck, Benavidez. You said you was going to break right. my neck. He's right. an old school fighter. He ain't going to let up off that. True, and he's not. And I wouldn't expect him to let off that. And if I'm all, I wouldn't change my word. I said, yeah, I'll break your neck. But I got, but this is a business too. And I got business at this weight class. So if you want to be about some business and getting your neck broke, come to 160. That's what I say if I'm all. If you don't come down to 160, Man, you ain't gonna talk about. If I was if I was David Benavides, I would tell Sam Lukowicz to get on the phone and tell him I'll meet him at 164. No belts on the line, just meet me at 164. No, I'm gonna like, shut, shut your fucking mouth. And I'll be like, come shut me up at 160 or either shut up till I'm ready and then maybe we can do a catch weight. Or maybe I might come up to 168 and when I finish my business at 160, maybe I might come up to 168 and get you when I'm ready. But I call the shots, not you. You could be in your feelings about what I said about you, but you don't make the fight, I do. Shit, that's, you know, that's it. Man, if, I, if I'm if I'm all I come at it with a side energy like, you know, I hear you. I see you. But I'm the a side. I actually am a champion. I didn't lose my belt. I have the WBC. You lost it twice. Yeah, he you did. Know, he did lose if, it if, twice. If, so. So if I'm all I, I, I'm coming at him with that energy, no matter how he feel about it. And people can like it, love it or hate it. But it's the truth. And that's what I do. And I say, you know, if he's still who he says he is down the line, and I am who I know I am and I clear my division and I unify and I'm undisputed at 160, which is my goal. Yeah. You know what? Then I'll see you. Right. If Cause you, he ain't nobody going to fight him. And you know, with his skills, he got a nice skill set, but David is going to, David going to give him a lot of work. A lot of work. work. Charlo. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He's going to give him a lot of work. Look, that, that is a, you know, that's a war. That would be one of the best fights you could make because Charlo has a chin. David could take a shot. Um, David's got quick hands. Charlo's more athletic. Um, you know, David's the bigger, longer guy. Uh, but, you know, one thing we haven't seen with David is, you know, body shots. Can, you know, Jamal, if they, I'm pretty sure the strategy would be to go to David's body, get into, get into that soft body. And, and that soft body may be able to take it. But you got to get through all that fire. You got to get through them. You got to get through them ones and twos ah! before you can get to that body, and that's a problem. Yep. That's, oh yeah. That's a problem. Oh yeah. That's a problem. Now and David you know, is very good with angles too when he throws. He's punches. very good with angles, but you know he is susceptible in those ones and twos. You trying to get to that body, leaving himself open up to up top. Not a lot of great head movement. You shoot something upstairs and catch it. So very true. It, it's it's it, you know it's there. There's some openers there. He's not, you know, he's not infallible. Mm-mm. I see some holes. 
It's just mm-hmm. a matter of can you get through that fire to get there. And so that would be the fight right there. That would be a great yes. fight. But, um, but, but again, both of them have unfinished business at their weight class. And the unfinished business that Jamal has is much longer than the beef or words he's had with Benavidez. Him and Andre have been, you know, talking for years. You know, he's been chasing Canelo for years. So if I'm Charlo, I'm like, David Benavidez got to stand in line like everybody else. Yeah, I, I hear that. But and if I was if I was Maul, like I would just, you know, send him a message or whatever. Like, yo, we're going to do our thing sooner or later. But for now, let me focus on I know what I said and I meant it and I'm going to stand on that. But let me yeah. get to this division. Let me clear this division out. Um, yeah. And he should and then he should be worried about doing the same. I get that. But yeah, old school. My man's is not going to let up and he wants all that fucking smoke. And I know and, he and, do. And, and he cannot let up. And if I'm all as an old Wally veteran in old school, I let him, I, I, then I live in his brain. And if he keeps thinking about me, instead of thinking about who he's fighting in 168, he might mess around and lose. Nah, he ain't. He ain't. Dave fights I mean, too angry and he, he stays he, focused, but I know, I know what he wants to do tomorrow. And I know what, I know what he looks, I know what he sees when he looks at him. I know what he sees. Oh, oh I know what he sees. He sees food. He, he thinks he sees, he sees food. Um, but you still gotta handle your business at 168, and you can be you can't be a 168 pounder obsessed with a 160 pounder. True. You know what I'm saying? You just can't. You can't be. You. It's not a good strategic move, and it's not good tactically, and it's also not a good look. At some point, people are gonna peel off of that and be like, "Okay, we hear you calling out Charlo. We know he's popular, and we know he talk crap about you. Okay, cool, but dude." Are you going to get a fight with Caleb Plant? Are you going to get a fight with, you know, Canelo? You know, you know, where's your energy at becoming champion at 168? Where, you know, you know, and eventually that people are going to hit him with that. And, you know, I, he's going to have to get those fights. Now, if he, if he goes through with Canelo and Caleb Plant, then yeah, then he, he's then, then, then he's got the, the advantage. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens sooner or later. Do you yeah. think there's a way to force Golovkin into a fight like he, he with either one uh triple uh with Charlo no, or Andrade tri- tri- triple G will vacate the belt and or retire before he fights one of them but if I'm Charlo I do this unification and once I unify I call out triple G and I I put a lot of pressure on him um and I get you know I, I basically put so much pressure on him that I'm like, you know, why won't this guy fight me? I beat the other champions. I beat Andrade. I beat Munguia. Where's Triple G? Why does he keep running? You, you heard know? there was a $30 million offer to him? Yeah, I heard that. So, look, he, if he's going to fight Maul, the best time to fight Maul is now or, you know, before somebody gets to him, Derrick James. And I think pulls the rest of the stuff out of him. Like, I'm not saying Ronnie's not doing a bad a bad deal. I'm not saying Ronnie can't teach him more, but the difference is, is when you look at what Derrick James does, Errol and Jamel, he pulls it out of them. It's like, I know you got more to give, and when you train with me, I'm going to pull it out of you. You can see from how the difference from how they fight to how Maul fight. The other thing is, his game plan is better, and then the ability to make adjustments is better in fight is what I'm seeing with the Derrick James fighters. 
So um, to me, I would love to see Maul do that. I see Mel getting closer to him, coming in his camp. And let me tell you something. When Mel beats Castaño, and he will in dramatic fashion to be undisputed, Maul's going to be looking like, man, my, my, my younger, by a few seconds or minutes, a twin, baby bro, you know, he, he getting all the, all the love and the energy. And you know what's going to come with that? Oh, bam. Then a month later, Earl Spence. Oh, he's got a fight with a eight weight division icon. Oh, that's a dare, another Derrick James guy. So I think that's going to start to weigh on Maul and people are going to be criticizing his performance with Montiel. You know, people have already been talking, oh, well, he can't beat Canelo. He can't beat Benavidez. But then you look at a guy like Derrick James and I think eventually he's going to make the switch. That's what I predict. I predict by next year, one thing I, 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 I understand, and uh, <coughs> well, I wouldn't say understand, one thing I know about Derrick James between Errol Spence and Jamel Charlo, they condition themselves very well. Even in between rounds of sparring, uh, they, don't, they don't quit. They'll go do something else until the bell is ready to sound, or they'll continue to work. Like after the bell rings, mm-hmm. they'll, just, they'll continue to work, and they'll just go light. And then when the bell starts back up, they'll 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 turn it on. And that if you can do that for three to five rounds, then that pretty much shows that you know you, you have very, very, very good conditioning. Um and you can yeah. you can you can improve on it as well. So uh yeah. and right now we're looking at a uh Errol Spence that weighs 155, from what I understand. Yeah, he's on he he's pretty much uh on weight to be able to cut that weight easily easily you know I, I looked at his training i saw some of the footage today from uh es news ellie segback mm. and i was looking at it and he was in the gym man and he was in shape he was doing a whole full workout in the gym getting his shadow boxing on doing the heavy bag i see what he's doing i see what he's doing i see the knockout punch i see it. i see exactly what he's doing and then after that, they were like, what are you doing after this? Oh, after this, I'm, I'm hooking up with Blu-ray, strength and conditioning later. You know it. So I'm hearing this, like, mm, he's conditioning, the muscle memories have going there. And when I look at what he's doing on the heavy bag, I see what he's doing. I, I see exactly what he's doing. I, I, I can see what he's looking at doing to offset the speed and movement of Pacquiao. <laughs> I, I see what he's doing. I see it coming. I ain't going to say nothing. But I see exactly what he's doing. And if he does it, which I predict he will, it's going to be nasty. It's, it's going to. I'm not saying nothing. But what no. I will say is that. I think we tra- both know what it, what it kind of the, is going to be. The, but. the training that he's doing right now is to send Pacquiao out of here. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's not yeah. the training to like, oh, I'm just going to jab all night and give you what I gave y'all against Ryan Garcia. I mean, yeah. D- Danny Garcia. And I yeah. was 70 to 80% that night when I fought Danny Garcia. I'm about to fucking beat the fuck out of Manny Pacquiao. I am about to humiliate yeah. him. Yeah, and, and styles, make, styles make fights. People don't understand Earl. Earl has, does he have a style? Yes. But the, man, the, the, the way he approaches the fight is based on the style and demeanor of the other fighter. Yeah. So Danny is a counterpuncher. He, he's not an aggressor. He's a counterpuncher. So he was there to be jabbed all night and pushed back 
And Earl was just defensively responsible. Didn't Danny get that, let him get that left hook off. Didn't let him counter punch too much. And he just, he just outpointed him, kept him on the outside, took away the counters, you know, and, 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 and he did that. And that's the style he took. But Mikey Garcia, again, Mikey Garcia was fighting not to get knocked out. He's a good enough fighter to protect himself to not get knocked out, but he didn't take any chances. Again, but also the other thing, here's the big difference I think what's going to be with this weight, with this, uh, this camp. Earl's in so much better conditioning already that, you know, you can see Earl gassing out in the, in the Mikey Garcia fight. You can see him getting tired in the Danny Garcia fight. Now that he's much closer to being on weight and he's made the lifestyle changes and he's had more time to recover since that accident, mentally, physically, emotionally, and all of that, and he's going through the strength and conditioning, I just think we're going to see the older Errol Spence, the Leonard Bundu Errol Spence, the, yeah. you know, against Kell Brook Errol Spence. The wear you just, down. That just keeps, you know, just, just pouring water and watching something dissolve over time. Yeah. I just think it's going to be that guy. Yeah. And that's not good for Manny Pacquiao. Nope. Um, and I think his style is going to be, it's not going to be jab you all nice on the outside. I think it's going to be more like Tommy Hearns. I'm going to jab to make you move a certain way. And then this left, this cannon is coming. This left hand is coming. And you think I'm headhunting, but it's going to your body. And the way Pat jumps in and jumps out, you know, Pat got a, Pat got a nice size head. It's got a good target on it. Yeah, I wonder why I blew up so so big. But anyway, um, yeah. the, <laughs> other, the, other, <laughs> the other part about it is, uh, what was I going to say? In the event that Manny Pacquiao hits him with a really good shot, you are not going to like what happens next, pimp, because you are going to wake Errol up. And from that point, it is going to be, I am pushing you back for the rest of the night. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think people have this fight wrong. People think, well, Manny jumps in and jumps out. Yeah, go well, ahead. Oh, well, here's my thing. Only if you let him jump in and jump out. Once you, I think the way Errol fights, he's going to put pressure on you Manny's going to try to hop in and hop out but the reason why that's not as effective number one Errol's very good at controlling range and distance number two Errol's not a headhunter so he's not swinging wild where he's getting caught out of position and then you can catch him with something stupid much like how Manny caught Keith Thurman Keith Thurman was headhunting got caught off balance and then Manny rushed him like that you're not going to be able to rush Errol Spence like that Errol Spence holds his ground and if you jump in on Errol Spence like that, a jab is going to be right in your face. And if you do slip the jab, he can shoot the unders. He can, he, his next shot is to the bottom. So, or, or he will I, you know, step back and jab and just, and just jab to he, figure out he, he'll reset. He will reset. Yeah, he'll reset. He'll jab. He'll mix it up. He'll double jab. This ain't going to be no Miguel Cotto. This ain't going to be no Ricky no. Hatton. This no, ain't going to be none of that. that. Um, He's and people think, well, he's gonna try to fight Pac. That's why he's not. He's gonna have a he's gonna have a wide stance. He's gonna sit down on his punches. So every time he touches Manny, it hurts. And when Manny gets hit and it hurts, he's gonna get gun shy about all that jelly that hopping bean hopping in and out. If the guy's tagging you. You think twice. You get gun shy. And the and thing that other Manny people can't. Yeah. The other thing yeah. that people don't understand is that the angles that Manny are is used to catching now. They won't be there because he's fighting a guy that's a southpaw, a southpaw. so they're equal. Exactly. The angles won't be there. There will be angles, but trust mm -hmm. me, Errol will know what they'll he he will know what those angles are. 
and he will be yeah. judging you by his jab. He will be judging well, judging the distance very uh very well in that fight. We know what Manny's game plan is. Freddie Roach and Manny's game plan is to take the angle, right? But not to catch him how they catch an orthodox fighter, but to fire off a bunch of flurries, let the crowd go wild like he actually landed some punches and did something. Because Errol really parries and catches a lot of punches, and they want to have that look good to the judges and then hop back out. They just want to repeat that all fight long and then say they won the fight. That's their game plan. Or hope maybe he, he, they see it, see where he drops a hand or he brings his head somewhere. They can shoot something quick and maybe land one good shot and he covers and they and get out. If you know, he doesn't, do. if he doesn't do that early, jumping in, darting in, and try to catch Errol in a trade, and if he doesn't knock uh, Errol out early on, it's a wrap, yeah. pimp. It's a wrap because yeah. yeah. you're yeah. gonna to do me, it one too many times, and yeah. Errol going he is going to compute it, and he's going, all right, that's enough of that. See, I think I think he's going to try to go for it early, but here's what I think Errol's going to do. You know, number one thing they're going to try to take away is take away his jab. But they're not going to be able to take away his jab. That's, That's the problem. That See, I don't, even think it's gonna, I don't even think it's going to be with him being able to jump in. That jab, Errol Spence will throw more, more jabs in this fight than he's had than he has in any fight. The jab is going to preoccupy Manny so much. He thinks Errol's just there, and the jab stays there. No, the jab's going to be here. The jab's going to be down there. The jab's going to be everywhere. Everywhere. The jab's going to be everywhere. And the whole time he's preoccupied with that jab. That fucking left hand. And Oscar De La Hoya had a very good point about Manny Pacquiao. He has a tail when he's about to jump in. He, he puts his hands up like that. Uh -huh. They spread uh -huh. out. And boom. And we all we all know, because we saw from Marquez, Manny jumps in irresponsibly. He's always gotten away with it because he's so quick and nothing ever comes back. The problem with Spence is he's going to hold his ground. He's going to jump in. And I think Errol is going to catch and shoot. Yeah. I think Manny's going to come in. I think Errol's going to absorb, catch. And I think he's going to shoot. Now, he's not going to do what a lot of guys do. A lot of guys try to swing wild against Pacquiao. I think he's going to catch, and I think he's going to shoot. I think That's he'll step, he's yeah. And he'll, yeah, or, or be stepping back when he do it. I don't Yeah, or, or, yeah. He, he may step back. I think he's going to hold his ground. I think he's going to hold his ground. He's going to bully the old man. And, and just, just to say... You can't even hop in. I'm just going to walk right through you. I think that's what he's going to do. Every time, I, I have a feeling every time, <clears throat> excuse me, every time Manny gets hit with that jab, he's going to try to reset and step around, and it's just going to be I don't work. It's he's going to be there. Beat and that's a problem. And I 100% agree with you. Errol's going to double, trip up that jab. He's going to touch him. And we all know that's the, that's the problem with Manny. Floyd Mayweather showed it. You touched him. He doesn't keep going. He stops. He resets. He gets in this jumping rhythm again until he's just ready to jump in again. And while you're doing that, a jab is going to hit you, and then another jab, and another jab. And a body shot. That. <laughs> That's the part. Errol's not going to stop. The punches, he's training to just, just punches. Punches, 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 punches. Man, listen. And, uh, yeah. Blu-ray said, all I need is three days a week with Errol, and I can get him there. He said, if he ever give me more than that, Y'all ain't gonna never stop him. But all I need right now is two or three days with him. Boy, I had this conversation earlier. It wasn't really a, a debate because we were just talking. It didn't get out of out of hand. But with the person I was talking with, they was like, man, you make you just saying that because you just like Errol Spence and he black. I'm like, no, I think you get it wrong. Like I'm a I'm a Pacquiao fan. Pacquiao's 
Pacquiao is an all-time great and a warrior of the sport. He's one of the few warriors that we have left. But Agreed. it's shit about the thing about Errol that y'all don't understand is that Errol isn't like he's not this extravagant the guy, man. Like he just does what he's supposed to do. He's like a terminator. He's like Kawhi Leonard. I know yeah. what I have to do, and that's what I'm gonna focus on. Yeah. And the in the in the young man said, I'm gonna retire Pacquiao. Like this is gonna be yeah. the fight that retires him. That's not nobody talking shit. Yeah. That was when he said it, it wasn't boisterous. It wasn't mm-hmm. loud. It wasn't anything of that manner. It was the same mm-hmm. way he said about Kale Brook. I'm going yeah. to England and I'm going to stop Kale Brook because that's the only way yeah. I can win the fight. The, the, the other thing people don't understand is I think it's a bad matchup, not just because of the size. Not, you know, Pacquiao's fought big guys, but he hasn't fought big, skilled guys. True. See, it's a difference. It's a huge difference. Errol Spence is very skilled. Now, he's not he's not flashy like a Terrence Crawford, but he's more fundamentally sound than a Terrence Crawford. Um, it's a different, and it's a different style that he fights. And the thing about him is he doesn't get flustered. He sticks to his game plan, and he's very consistent. And man is used to doing something and getting a guy flustered and getting out their game, and they get out of character. I can't remember one fight where Errol Spence was out of character. And the problem is, you say, well, what is his character? Oh, well, he's just going to, I got to find a way to get inside because, oh, he's going to keep it that range, and I'm going to fight him inside. Ask Sean Porter how that went when he took that clean shot on the, on the chin and got on, and fell on his knee, and he got up, you know, and, and he was in great shape and recovered quickly, but that was not a good look on his face when he got caught with that left cross on the jaw because Errol can fight on the inside. So... I just think no matter which way you want to go, he's a more well-rounded fighter. He's also a dog. He can take some shots. He can give some shots. And poised. he's going to, yeah, he's poised and he's going to stay focused. He doesn't let the highs get too high. He don't let the lows get too low. He just steady. And he if, just y'all don't, if y'all don't believe, coming. just go watch the Kale Brook fight. When Kale yeah. Brook hit him with a couple of shots, Errol just went, you know what? Instead of getting out of character, I'm just going to mow the guy down so y'all see what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't have to get out of character to get this guy. I'm going to do it in a disciplined fashion. And slowly yeah. but surely, he just wore his ass out. Yeah, and that's the thing. To me, um, he's one of the most disciplined fighters out there in the game. He's just Ooh. very disciplined. And, and I think that's the thing that's going to frustrate. People think Manny's going to frustrate Errol. I think it's the other way around. I think it's the consistency and the discipline of Spence and his style that's going to frustrate the hell out of Manny. You said one of the key things, though. Manny's fought big guys, but not big guys that are skilled and can keep not up Not big with guys him. that are skilled. Nope. And let alone, this is not just a skilled guy. This is a skilled southpaw. So all the angles and advantages that Manny's had before are completely nullified. It's like fighting in the mirror. And so the problem with that is you got a guy who's bigger, stronger, Maybe not faster. I would definitely say has really good timing, gauges distance very well, and being packed out, being a smaller guy, you it's all about you. Your whole game is predicated on coming in and out of distance, and now you're fighting one of the best fighters who gauges distance. I just think it's a really, really bad matchup. And the last thing I'll say is, Errol shoots shots everywhere. He is not a headhunter. He is a body snatcher. And when you fight body snatchers, the problem is the head can move, but the body can't. Can't get and, 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 and when you when they, and when he starts taking that body, here's Pacquiao's problem. You take away that movement, Pacquiao is a sitting duck. 
And I think what we're going to see is, I think for the first time, we're going to see somebody punish Pacquiao to the body so much, it's going to really, really change his movement. And then you'll see he is a completely different fighter without bouncing on those big calves that he has, bouncing all around, because I think Errol's going to beat that out of him. Salute to Pacquiao. I heard his regimen is like 10,000 sit-ups a day or whatever it is. Yeah. Salute He's to you warrior. for doing that. You know, like you're, you're, you're one of a kind, but yeah. you're going to need it. Yeah. You're He's conditioning it. himself because he knows the punishment is coming and he knows it's going to come there. He's smart. He knows, oh, the guy's going to go to my body. He's not a headhunter. The jab's going to be there. I just got to find an angle. I got to find a sliver where I can outquick him and deliver a shot punch. Maybe I catch up with something he can't see and hurt. Him. If they were, if I was in Manny's corner, I would be telling him it's okay to throw punches and bunches like you do, but we need mm -hmm. to make we make we need to make these body shots count. Like when we're throwing, exactly. because Manny is mostly he's going for the head. He's mostly going yeah. for the head. But in his fight, man, it just everything that we love about Manny, the warrior mm -hmm. and all that, all mm -hmm. that shit is going to get beat out of him. Yeah, and I, I know they want to go to the body, but here's a problem. You go down the body, you leave the head exposed. And I just think that the height differential, the, the way Errol shoots his hooks, you know, he's, he's here, he's here, he's here. You know, he can come under, he can shoot straight, he come with that left hook. And I think what I, I'll go ahead and say what I saw on the, on, on the heavy bag. He's trimming the fat off his office, some of his punches, especially with the left hand. He's trimming the fat off of it so it gets there quicker. It's sharper and not, not as wide. And oh, I yeah. Think that's, and I think I see what he's doing because he's doing it behind the jab. And I see what he's doing and he's delivering it with some nasty intentions. Mm -hmm. And I think I think that's the that's what's gonna hurt Pacquiao. Yeah. If look, listen, if I came into camp right now and I'm 158 and only got 11 pounds to lose. I'm basically doing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad, bro. Ah, it's bad. I wish you all understood this shit, man. And, Listen. and what I like about it is, and what people don't understand is, is that when you're in shape like that and you have such little weight to gain, to lose, and then when you rehydrate, you don't blow up. But when you do, you fill in really nicely and compact because you're yeah. already in shape. Yeah. So everything that you've done as you rehydrate is coming back in a, in a shapely form yeah. and you're really compact. And I just think, that's going to be a problem. And Errol is WBC and IBF, right? He's, yeah, he's WBC and IBF unified champion. Okay, so IBF does have the, the weight clause or whatever where you can't hydrate. Ten, so. ten pounds. But, be, but because it's a unified, I don't think he has to go by the IBF rules because it's not a, an IBF only fight. Okay. Because okay. the WBC has different rules. So I think when it's, when it's IBF only, you can't, you can't be 10 pounds more than, you know, I think um, it still stands. I think it might still stand, but whatever it is, he's gonna be he's gonna be on target, and he's not gonna be worried about that. He's not gonna be yeah. worried about that. I mean, I, I would say look, he's gonna make weight when he comes in the ring fight night. He'll be one sixty. Yeah, maybe he'll be a middleweight. Maybe he'll be a middleweight when he comes in the ring, but he's gonna be a very in shape and cut up middleweight. And um, he's going to be angry. Yeah, angry. Yeah. Definitely. And what I just found out today is, is that the WBA is not granting Manny the WBA belt. So this will not be a unification. The WBA is it's just a fight. I heard this. So they're going to let Ugas keep that then. So Ugas is not only going to keep it, but he's going to fight on the undercard. Um, he's going to be a coach. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Wow. So, 
Yeah, they're not, they're not giving Manny the WBA, which is weird because you would think they want some of those sanctioning fees. Uh, and to be, paying, to be paying him 30, 40 million? I, I don't know, bro. Maybe the WBA knows something we don't know that's coming down the line. I don't know. I thought it was weird. So the rumor is, is now that, you know, um, you know, Bob Aaron was trying to get Jose Cepeda and he, he keeps trying to have put Bud up against these 140 pounders like he's still, you know, undisputed in 140. Didn't realize he didn't get the memo that he's a 147 at welterweight. The rumor is, is now Bud is really trying to push, well, man, I got to get, I can get some leverage back if I can get under the belt. So now the rumor is Bud is trying to get to fight. Ooh, guys, the problem with that is, is that here's where Bud is screwed up. If Bud would have left top rank, he'd have been cool because Bud is going to fight in October. Bob Arum already said it. October 23rd is when Bud is fighting. He's fighting. And so he can't fight on this card to get to, to get to Ugas. And he definitely wouldn't get the next fight because of Errol beats Pacquiao. Errol's next fight is going to be the winner between Ugas and whoever Ugas fights to go get that other strap. You damn so right. Again, once again, even the WBA helps he gets a fortuitous situation with the belt with the WBA, Bud can't do anything about it. So so wait, wait. So if Ugas is fighting, who is he fighting then? We don't know yet. Now we know everybody's trying to petition. There were rumors that you know you might have a, a, a Sean Porter versus that, Keith that would be a, fight. Oh right. Damn, so damn. they the position they're trying to get in the car, but I don't think that's gonna happen. I think now the calculus has changed. Everybody's gonna be trying to get the Ugas because they're gonna be like, I think man. I think it should be Sean Porter, man. Just make the rematch. Yeah, so I think that's what they're trying to do. It's either gonna be look, <clears throat> Ugas already turned down boots. Right. So we, we knew that was going to happen. So um, now it's either going to be Sean Porter in the rematch with Ugas, which is a close fight. I actually thought Ugas won that fight. It, you know, Sean Porter has the advantage because Keith Thurman is coming off a loss. Granted, he's coming off a loss to Pacquiao, but he's still coming off a loss. Sean Porter fought a tough fight with Earl Spence and he fought a tough close fight with Ugas. They might let them, you know, go forward uh, 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 again. My money would be Porter. We might get that opportunity, but something's telling me, man, something telling me the WBA got something cooking. That you got something, to. You had to. So, something's telling me it's going to be somebody from the outside. It ain't going to be good. Something's telling me somebody else is going to get that opportunity. You think it would be like Jose Ramirez or something like that that they would throw in there? Nah, Jose Ramirez is coming off a loss, and Jose Ramirez is one of the guys in the running for – um. For, for Bud, but I think if they say it's going to be Zapata because, you know, Ramirez is not going to get it. He's coming off a loss. Wait, 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 wait. I, Zapata is at 140, bro. I know. Bob Aram is saying Zapata wants to move to 147, and Zapata's most like – so the three fighters was Jose Ramirez, who just lost to Josh Taylor, Jose Zapata, and Regis Program. Those are the three guys Bob Aram says are in the running to fight Terrence Crawford in October. All 140 pounders. Man, bud, do you know how silly this shit look, man? You fighting 140 pound fighters? <laughs> I, listen, I'm getting frustrated because I I I was backing Bud fucking Crawford, man. This hey, is ridiculous. Hey, I sent you that link. Big up to BFTB boxing. He was hilarious. He was like, "Oh, you know what? All the bud, all the bud lovers, you know, yeah, yeah, he, you know, you're right. He is fighting top ten guys, just not at 147." Right. If you know, you're gonna fight yeah. Zapata, why not just go down to 140 then doing that crazy? What he, 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 he said was, well, why don't he fight Ryan Garcia? He in the top team, you know. Hey, Ryan Garcia was gonna fight Pacquiao. Hey, go fight, go fight somebody from Flyway in the top team. Just you can say you fought a ranked guy. 
but see, he's not fighting any real welterweights. But you know, again, it's man. Bob let now. me just say something while it's on it's on remembrance, <laughs> man. Danny Garcia has a better record at one forty than you do. Mm-hmm. I said it, yeah, better, yeah. I'm just gonna say that, and at one forty seven, Danny Garcia has a better record at one forty seven than you do. And I'm a fucking I'm a bud lover or whatever they bud tender or whatever they're calling it. I fucking fight. Bud. Yeah, bud right. can fight, but some bad decisions, man. Some bad decisions. Some of the worst decisions I've ever seen um, by a fighter um, or his camp or whatever you want to call it. But it's it's bad, man. If, if Errol is fighting Manny Pacquiao and you're fighting Jose Ramirez, Jose Cepeda, or Regis Prograde, no disrespect to any of those three guys, but damn. It's no disrespect for them. It's just disrespectful, like we said before. It's dishonest to, to us as boxing fans and people who have a boxing acumen and know what we're looking at and we understand it. For the outside people, the casuals that don't care, they just see that guy fighting. For us, it doesn't make sense for a 140-pounder to go jump up to 147 and fight. You're supposed to be the champ. Yeah. You're the champ. There's only one guy at 140 pounds. It makes sense to move up and get a championship opportunity and fight Bud, and that's Josh Taylor. That's it. That's it. The only guy. Nobody else at 140, it doesn't make remotely any sense, and they shouldn't get the opportunity. But Josh Taylor would deserve the opportunity, and he wants to fight him. The problem is, is that he's got a you know a, a mandatory he's got to fight with Jack Catterall, and he's fighting. So obviously that fight is going to be missed. And then obviously you know what happens with Bud because he's, he's got one fight left with top rank, obviously in October, and that's the end of his contract. So does he re up? Does he go to PBC or the other welterweights are? He's not coming to PBC. No, I if he didn't come to problem. PBC, if he didn't come to PBC back then, he ain't going there now. So he's going to duck the smoke. So now the whole rumor is he's going to, what's the, the people over in Dubai or the UK, whatever that group MTK. is. MTK, Global or whatever. You know, it's still more nonsense, but, you know, I don't know, man. Man, but what talk. the fuck are you doing, dog? Like, you got to get in the mix of this shit, man. Come he's on, gonna go bro. The, he's going to go over to the zone and follow in Canelo's footsteps, footsteps and do a European tour. That's what he's going to do. He's going to go over there and get fucked like Andre is uh, currently getting fucked sideways with both legs up, bro. Like, what are you yeah, doing, bro. man? This shit is ridiculous. God like, damn it, man. Cepeda, bro. Jose Cepeda, to me, who barely beat Hank, L- Hank Lundy. All right? and, and also, all, all, I know you know this, Jose Cepeda lost to Jose Ramirez in 2019. He did. He they beat fought. Ramirez, right? No, no. Jose Ramirez beat Jose Cepeda. Okay. Okay. I thought I thought Zapata on. No, no. You no, know what? He, yeah, you right. You right. He beat Zapata. Right. Zapata got two losses. Yeah, you right. Uh, the only loss Ramirez has obviously is to Josh Taylor. So yeah. um, that's just a, you know, you, all three, all those guys are flawed. So you look at Regis Progress, he lost to Josh Taylor. You know, he lost to double Josh Taylor. You look at Jose Ramirez, he lost to Josh Taylor. You look at Jose Zapata, he lost to Jose Ramirez. So it's like it's just diminishing returns and out of the three guys on the list you know bob is talking about the guy with the in the weakest position which is Zapata. just throwing you food man just throwing anything out there just to keep and, and here's the other part as a champion how was that even a top selling fight like how do you even sell that to people bud crawford jose Zapata. like how do you even 
sell some shit like that, man. Yo, you being what? It's, Stockholm it's, it's, syndrome. It's it, anyway, off that, off that, man. Like, uh, I, I'm just happy. No, 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 that, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna get off that real quick. I'm gonna have to say the two guys who visually we see them, we see the skills, but the two guys who go back and forth, being number one, number two in a pound for pound list, have to me the worst resumes in their last four to five fights. That would be Canelo Alvarez, and that would be Bud Crawford. Think about that. Look at the go to box rec. Look at both of them. Look at their last five fights. Look but you know it. what you know what the lovers will say? The lovers will say for Canelo, he fought champions. Abney Yildirim was not a champion. But that's what they're gonna say, bro. They're gonna say that he was the number one contender. And he wasn't, he was number three. But that's what they're gonna say, bro. That's what they're gonna say. They're gonna say that that guy was a uh, was a was a was a number one contender. And he wasn't. He was number two or three. David Benavides Billy was number Smith. one. Billy Joe Saunders, really, who really a hundred sixty pounder, who bloated up to one sixty eight and kind of got Cause a he, odd he, belt because he's too fucking it's, big. He can't even he can't even keep he his can't, weight can't up. Keep the weight down. So it's like, come on, man. It, it's, it's trash. It's all trash. To anybody that's a a, a Canelo fan or a fan of boxing, let me ask you a question. Put the top guys at 160 or 168 against Canelo's last five fights, and who will win? I think Jamal Charlo slays everybody on that list. Benavidez does. I, I think I think Benavidez, I think they all quit before round five. Yeah, he knocks them all out. They stop. I, I think Jermail Charlo beats all of them. Yes. He's a 154. Yes. I think Jermail beats all of them. Yes. Yes. Yo, you want to go there? I think Errol Spence beats all the guys. I think he stops. I think he stops them. I think he stops them. Yeah. I think and he's a 147. So it's it's, it's it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Errol not having to uh train and lose all that weight. He would love that shit to just freely yeah. throw punches. He, 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 he could be a, he could be a left-handed tank. Yeah. You know, he could he could. Yeah, you wouldn't have to cut the weight. So uh, it's yeah, man. It's um, I, you know, I don't see how these guys. I've taken both of them out of my uh, pound for pound. Yeah, I will put Mel a male at the top. Mel Charlo would be even with the bullshit that he's doing out here saying or whatever. I think I would have him number I, I, two. I got I got, Earl, I got Earl at the top. I got Mel after that. The reason why I got Earl's because Earl's competition in his last five fights is it, it got is better names. It's better names than male. I I, okay, he, okay. It's better okay. names. Now, male has been impressive. He's about to be undisputed if he beats Castaño. But again, I think Rosario, Castaño, Lubin, uh, the other, I, I just think Mikey Garcia, Sean Porter, uh, uh, Danny, Danny Garcia. I just think those names, those guys have accomplished more in the sport than the guys that male beat. Okay. Um, okay. And, you know, and so I'm, I'm going to put Earl, Earl at one because he's faced. I mean, he's faced top competition. He's yeah. faced guy, and you know, guys that people and their records, their records show that they're yeah. they're great fighters. Their yeah. show. I mean, these yeah. guys are all champions. You know, yeah. uh, you know. So I mean, to me, he's number Damn. one. Damn. So if we did that, so if it would, okay, Errol Spence, Jermail Charlo. Either way, you want to flip it. So then, what what would you do next? Would you go? <clears throat> excuse me. In, in a way. Okay. Or. So him, or would you put Josh Taylor there? I'm putting Inouye there. 
Okay. Okay. I'm putting in a way there because when I think about Josh Taylor, the best two names on Josh Taylor's resume is Jose Ramirez and Regis Program. Uh, so yeah, if, I, if, if I take his two best guys and put them up against those other guys ahead of him, they got two guys that are better than the two guys that he beat. True. That's how I look at it. To me, you're as good as your competition. So Josh Taylor's in there. You know, he, he's probably uh, – let me see. So I would have – yeah, Earl, Mel, Inouye. Who would be four? I would probably have uh, – I might even put better Bev in there, dog. He's unified at 175. He's unified. Okay. Um, but w- when you look at his last five fights, what would you say? True. You got a point there. I would have put Josh Taylor over better BF in terms of two best guys. I mean, his fights are about to come now in terms of the top comp in 175 with better BF. So we'll see. So yeah, I would put Taylor above better BF. That's true. Yeah, I wouldn't. If it was me, I would probably. If I did a pound for pound, I wouldn't go past like maybe five to seven people because ten is just yeah. ten. Yeah. Is you just you just scratching and, and throwing names in there because I saw somebody put Alexander Usyk on there, even though he's an awesome fighter. It's very good. Yeah. He was he was yeah, undis- he, he, he was undisputed. Yeah, yeah he but he undisputed. But and that's the other problem. <clears throat> he was. It, it's not much on that list to beat. And then, you know, now you're up at heavyweight and we're looking at you going, can you really, can you really fuck with these heavyweights? Yeah, I mean, the only guy he's fought is Chisora, right? So that's not enough. So And you kind of ran, there. you kind of moved out of his way for the, for, for the majority of that fight. I, I would have to give Tank a strong look to be on there. Well, I, I already felt like Tank should be on there. The only thing about Tank is... Um, I would like to see him in there with the actual champions that hold the belts at 130 or 135. Like the guy, yeah. that he has a belt, but he hasn't fought the, the best of the best. So No, he, he hasn't yet. I mean, you know, it's like, is he going to stay at 140? To me, he can't. I don't think he can ever make 130 again. So I think that's a wrap. I think, I think he can. Be- I think he can. I think this is just me. This is just me talking. I don't know shit. All right. I think this whole fight at 140 was because Tank asked for it and he wanted to see what was going to happen between Ryan Garcia, Teofimo mm-hmm. Lopez, Lomachenko, Devin Haney. He was watching, trying to yeah. see what was going to happen with that shit. Yeah. And he was like, well, while they figure that out, I'll go up. Yeah. I and mean, then I what think- happened was all this shit kind of blew up. Ryan Garcia showed that he's really a chicken, a duck, and he quacks mm-hmm. a lot and Teofimo doesn't know what he wants to do, and he wants to duck out the way of anybody that can actually put a whooping on him. So, yeah, yeah. To me, he got to end up at one thirty-five. Um, after Barrios, there's not another big fight. There's not really a, you can do that one time and run it again. There's no other fight for him at one forty, unless he um, fight Pro Gray. Unless he fights Pro Gray, which is like, yeah, you could do it. I guess you could do it as filler. We'd watch it, you know. Yeah, we'd watch it. Um, but there's no belt, right? There's no belt there. Progress not a champion. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That's the thing, and so you'll always be underneath Josh Taylor, who's undisputed, you know, and you, you still got the other guys on the list. So I, I don't even know about that one. Um, I can see uh, there's a few guys you could definitely pick off and beat at 140. 
But if you're not going to come for the throne, what's the point in being there? So I mean, me, that's not for the throne. Like, he, he's... I know what I'm saying. Like, to me, then you got to fight Josh Taylor. You're Tank Davis. Are you going to fight Josh Taylor? I don't think he fights Josh Taylor. I think he would lose to Josh Taylor. That's just me. I think talking. I think he would definitely lose to Josh Taylor. I think he would definitely get he would definitely lose to Josh Taylor, without a doubt. Um, too big, too skilled, and he's a southpaw too. So I think you, you know that that's the key. That's just a bad, that's not a good matchup for Tank. He would just yep. pick Tank apart from the outside all night long and yep. keep him on the outside, keep him at the end of the jab and then run him into left hand. That's all he would do all day long. Yep. You know. If you think that uppercut with Jose Ramirez is, you know, he would hit tank with those. He just would. So, um, yeah. Teofimo, if you thought you were going to really sell some tickets, man, why don't you go check out the uh, Tank Davis fight? <laughs> yes, very few tickets left for that fight. Man, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 you you want to be a you want to be a, you want to be a seller? Go check out the Deontay Wilder fight. I tried to purchase a ticket in the second section and it was eight hundred dollars for the ticket. Yeah, yeah. In the second, <laughs> you can't sell a chicken dinner at a Sunday uh, church service, pimp. Yeah, and that that Errol Pacquiao fight is going to be ridiculous too, man. Because you know that's going to be, I think that's going to be at the Raiders Stadium, man. They're going to have to do it there to me. Oh, so they haven't announced where it is officially. Yeah, they, they, they just say Vegas. You know, same okay. thing with Wilder. Them, they haven't announced the site. They just keep saying Vegas. Vegas Interesting. Arena. Interesting. The Raiders Stadium. It's just Vegas. So I think both fights can end up there. I mean, if you're the Raiders, I do it. Look at the revenue. Those are two. The, those are the two biggest fights this of the year. Period. What? Not even close. What? Before the season starts, and you get to yeah. bring in money, and you say we hosted the heavyweight championship of the what? world. And we hosted, you know, an icon, a, a future president of the Philippines. Imagine that. Imagine saying that. He's president of the Philippines and the unified welterweight champion and, and a pound for pound guy as well in Errol Spence. We had two major title fights at, at two of the, you know, the, 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 the very popular divisions in boxing, heavyweight and welterweight. Yes. Two, like, historically, those yes. are just, like, the, the, mean, the top guys in the division yeah. fall. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so to me, it's a no-brainer. If I'm Dave, if I'm Mark Davis, I mean, if I'm Davis, I'm like, yeah, bring those fights here. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if if they if it was a situation where they were probably like, well, let's just clear the slate, see what we got going on, see how we do this with the COVID protocol. But hopefully, they they figure that shit out soon. We would. They got what a month, a month ago. Well, I'll say what two to three weeks to announce where who for. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for the Wilder Fury, Fury fight, fight they're gonna yeah, for the Wilder Fury fight, they have probably about a couple weeks for the pack pack and Spence fight. They probably got a month. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, man, you know this boxing shit is easy to keep talking about. You said uh, yeah. thirty minutes. I know, so. I know, man. We just ran. <laughs> <up>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, we keep going, but yeah, yeah. I'm gonna but let yeah, you go man, ahead and get off here because we can keep on. Cool, going, no doubt, man. Uh, no doubt. Appreciate you. We'll man. get another one in soon. No yes, doubt. sir. Yep. On to the next one, bro. Cool. All right, peace.